Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and on today's podcast, we continue our series where we look at the Falcons' 2021 roster and each position group within. Today, we are talking about the safeties. There are some interesting names here, uh, and I had to bring on this guest because uh, we've had this conversation just recently, in fact. Uh, he is the host of the Talking Birdie podcast. I'm talking about Matt Caroli. Matt, how you doing? Good DW. Uh, thanks again for having me. Looking forward yeah, to, to talking safety. I think last time I was on, we were talking 2012 draft class, probably uh, as depressing or as low as a topic <laughs> in Falcons fandom over the last decade as it can get. I don't think it'll be reach those levels with the safeties, but it's certainly not the strongest position I'd say on the depth chart. Yeah, this one is going to have, I think, a lot of question marks and uh, honestly, probably one of the ones where it may be better than what I think we anticipated it would be going into the season. Uh, so let's sort of set the backdrop. You know, last year uh, with the, the 2020 season, we lost DeMonte KZ to an Achilles injury, which was f- just absolutely dreadful luck because of the fact that both Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal had also suffered uh, the Achilles injury. And then, of course, Keanu Neal also had a torn ACL a few years back. Um, so it, it devastating injury to to KZ in the year where they were running a lot of three safety looks. Uh, Keanu looked uh, like he was a little bit better than he had been. Uh, Ricardo fell off a cliff, and of course, going to this offseason, we had we started a defense with three starting safeties. None of them are returning. <laughs> Ricardo Allen was cut uh, primarily for cap reasons, but I, I would say his performance fell off a little bit as well. Uh, Keanu Neal, they opted not to try to retain him, uh, probably because of the injury history. And of course, he ended up signing with Dallas. And then KZ also signed with Dallas, both uh, chasing after former head coach of the Falcons, Dan Quinn, who is now the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. Uh, so that has set up the team to where they basically had to restock the position uh, almost entirely. The only real carryover to this point is a player we'll talk about in a little bit, Jalen Hawkins. Um, but Matt, right now, you know, as we're looking at the depth chart, you and I uh, talked a little bit earlier this week. I was on your podcast, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, and we did, we talked about the safeties. We talked about, um, you know, Richie Grant, uh, the, the player they drafted in the second round. But what's interesting to me is right now, if we look at the depth chart, the two names at the top are the two veterans, um, Eric Harris and Deron Harmon. These guys are obviously uh, intended to be stop gaps. They're, they're both on a one-year deal. Uh, neither guy is, is the kind of guy that you're planning to build the future of the position around, but they're, they should be serviceable starters. Uh, Deron Harmon, I think, has uh, had some good seasons as well. Um, so what are your thoughts on Eric Harris, Deron Harmon, what they offer to the Falcons this year, and what do you think uh, their potential for starting the entire year is going to be? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head You know, when you said their stop gaps. That's what they were brought in for. 
you wanted veteran presences in the building because you knew you were going to overhaul the position. You knew you were going to get younger there, which is what they did when they drafted Richie Grant 40th overall. And then, you know, as you mentioned, they, they retained Jalen Hawkins, who was the 2020 draft pick. So again, not sure Hawkins, if he's a long-term answer there, the early reports at a camp are promising though, that he's, he's made an impact. Uh, he's made plays on the ball. So, you know, I am intrigued to see what he can bring and, you know, what I would say about Hawkins before I get into some of the others, I think he's a better fit in Dean P's defense than he would have been had Dan Quinn been the long-term head coach. Right. And, and I say that because I, I think Hawkins is a bit of a tweener. Like he didn't fall into that prototypical strong safety that Dan Quinn looks for a la Keanu Neal. And he's not really, you know, the cover one rangy free safety that you'd look for and say, you know, the prototype and Errol Thomas. He's more of a guy that, again, can do both things, can play, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, but he can also drop deep. You know, you don't want him playing that cover one. As I said, you, you kind of would rather him being in a cover two split safety look, which again, fits right into what Pease likes to do. He runs more cover two than, you know, cover one or cover three. So I think, you know, there could be something there with him. Uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds, but I am more intrigued and more optimistic about his fit and role in Dean Pease off uh, defense long-term than I would have been in Dan Quinn's. Now, looking at the veterans, again, Eric Harris uh, would have never guessed he'd be the first free agent signing in the Arthur Smith or Terry Fontenot <laughs> era, but, you know, here we are, uh, a guy that they prioritized. And, you know, I guess Terry did have a connection to uh, being that Eric Harris started his career uh, in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. So right. uh, a guy that he knows a lot about. And uh, again, someone that uh, is, a, is a great locker room presence, going to be a great mentor, already has shown already to be a great mentor to Richie Grant as those two, you know, train together in the off season, even prior to Grant even becoming a Falcon. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And again, I, I do expect uh, him to get a lot of run. I mean, he was, he was a two-year starter the last couple of years uh, with the Raiders you know, again, I, I'd consider him a competent level player. He's not someone you want long-term, but right. certainly can get the job done. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it's more in a limited role and, and they, and they work in the younger guys. Now with Deron Harmon, similar, similar with him, uh, you know, when I was doing some research, uh, I, I was kind of surprised, I guess I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised he's only been a 16 game starter once in his career. And that was last year in Detroit. Right. You know, he's he's spent the duration of his career prior to that in a platoon in a three uh, safety system with the New England Patriots alongside, you know, Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty. So ideally, that's the role he's going to play in Atlanta. Like he'll start out as the de facto like free safety starter. But, you know, if all goes according to plan, you're mixing Richie Grant in there. You're even maybe mixing Jalen Hawkins in there. And he's continuing to thrive in the role that he's thrived his entire career. And that's in a three safety look. So that's kind of my outlook. Uh, I guess to throw in one more name, uh, you know, it seems like this is a five person race. Uh, TJ green has, has been Mm -hmm. one of the surprise standouts, Uh, a guy that came over to the team last year, Uh, a former second round pick of the Colts in 2016 has bounced around Indianapolis, Seattle, New Orleans, and, and prior to Atlanta, he, he spent some time in Carolina. Uh, very good athletic testing, uh, six, two and a half, 209 pounds, ran a four, three, four, which is really impressive for a guy that size. 
uh, 39.5-inch vert and 10-foot, 9-inch broad. So a guy that you know has the athletic uh, profile that you look for from a DB, and you know there is a connection as well. Uh, you know, the Falcons offense uh, outside linebacker coach Ted Monacino was his defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. So, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with, uh, you know, him getting a real hard look and, you know, knowing what they have in the building in him. And then also Terry Fontenot, you know, I mentioned he uh, Green spent a season in New Orleans. Terry Fontenot ran the pro personnel department there. So I'm sure he had a, a huge hand in bringing him there for a season. So, He's one to watch. He's been cross training not only at safety but at cornerback at corner, with, with right. Kendall with Kendall Sheffield being out. So certainly an intriguing name that again, depending on how the development of Richie Grant goes, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit, you know, could see some significant time early on as Richie acclimates himself to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm same page as you, Eric Harris. Uh, you know, formerly undrafted, he's uh, 31 years old. Um, obviously. I think they're really hoping that uh, one of the young guys, whether it's TJ Green or you know even preferably uh, Richie Grant, uh, ultimately leapfrogs Harris. Uh, I think they would be pleased if that happened. Uh, but he he fits the profile. He's a guy that you know he's got the size. Uh, he can move around well enough. Uh, you know, looking at his PFF grades, uh, his best year was a couple years ago when he was in the mid seventies, which is you know not bad for a uh, for a guy of. Uh, uh, his draft capital, which is <laughs> to say none. Uh, and to and to add on that, that mid seventies grade came when he was kind of a a rotational player. So again, yeah, I th- yep. and you can you can say the same thing about Deron Harmon. I you know his best grades came when he was in that platoon. So that's yep. that's where exactly. I think the Falcons want to get these guys is not playing significant snap because when they do, things can maybe get a little bit dicey there back there. So. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's, again, that's, that's what, what we see exactly. It's the, the, the right. when they started getting more snaps, their scores started dropping. Now, exactly. you know, in fairness, that could be you know when I look at Harmon and, and you you realize okay, you know that he was in there in New Orleans. That's where he had his best grades, or I'm sorry, not New Orleans, uh, New England, um, and he finally did get you know uh, over a thousand snaps with Detroit. He was still decent. Um, yeah, you know, his, absolutely. You know, we're look, looking at his PFF grade. He was in the mid 60s, which sounds bad, but it's not like a high school grading score. That's sort of an average uh, NFL player by their by their metrics. Um, you know, prior to that, you know, he had several seasons in the mid to high 70s. So Harmon's got the capability to be a, a good uh, part time starter and uh, a guy like you said who is part of a pl- platoon and not necessarily uh, carrying every single snap at the position. Uh, and again, for the fact that these are two veterans, they've been in the league for a while. I think the the intention here was instead of just turning over the safety position, which is very important in the DMP's defense, instead of turning it over to a bunch of young guys uh, that are unproven, that you know have never started in the NFL before, um, it, it made sense to bring these guys in. And my feeling is the minute, the minute one of the young guys is ready to take on significant snaps, they will supplant Eric Harris or Harmon or both uh, at some point during the season. If they are not ready, um, then you've got these two veterans on your rental deals and no harm, no foul. So it, it was a smart move uh, in my mind from Terry Fontenot to bring these two guys on. Uh, it, this is the kind of signing. It, it doesn't get you a lot of uh, uh, fancy points with the fans. You know, people, they, they want to see Richie Grant 
out there because he's the second round pick. They want to see yep. Jalen Hawkins because he was, you know, a draft pick from last year. Um, but really to stabilize the center of that defense, uh, having these two, these two guys out there, even if they're not necessarily going to be top tier players, they should be decent enough. And I, I can already hear fans complaining about, oh, we shouldn't want decent players. Well, honestly, decent players are what you need to help you transition to the next tier of guys to bring up those young guys. And these are the kind of guys that help you uh, bring along a Richie Grant at the proper speed instead of, uh, you know, we talked about on, on your podcast this week, uh, you throw Richie Grant to the wolves that could absolutely decimate his confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have those veterans sort of walking him through the process that are available to him to answer questions, to help him learn uh, as, as the games are coming along, it makes a big, big difference. Um, so I like these signings. They're not, again, not flashy, but they matter. Um, and I think, I think they're smart football players too, which, right. uh, yes. you know, I don't know if that was our always prioritized under the old regime, you know, football IQ, smart players. They, they, they always deferred to the athletic scores and, and getting athletes rather than getting football players. And I think with Eric Harris, he's a football player, Daron Harmon. I mean, again, his days in new England, uh, you know, soaking up that system and soaking mm-hmm. up Bill Belichick's knowledge, you know, he's a football player, a smart football player. And, and having those guys in the building, like you said, passing that, you know, the baton on uh, to the next generation of Falcon safeties and Richie Grant and, and potentially even Jalen Hawkins. That's important. And again, yeah. I, I like that we're seeing that more and seeing Arthur Smith talk about football IQ, because I don't know if that was always prioritized as much as it should have been under the old regime. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic point. And uh, I mean, honestly, when you think about what Dan Quinn emphasized, like you said, they, they emphasize run and hit. You know, I, mm-hmm. I still have a Falcon shirt that literally says run and hit on it from <laughs> 2015. Uh, and like you said, it was all about the athleticism. And Dan Quinn even bragged that, you know, his scheme was simple, that he wanted just, you know, high high testing athletic players out there to go out there and run and hit like literally the only problem was the seat, the scheme was so simple that uh, offensive coordinators had no problem planning around it. Now flip yep. the script. And one of the things that Dean Pease is known for is the way that he disguises coverages, which means all of the players on the field have to be on the same page. Um, they have to know what their assignment is pre-snap uh, they have to know what it is as, you know, in a Dean P's defense, you will see these guys change position on the snap of the ball, um, which sounds crazy, but that's where, you know, he may show you cover one uh, and completely change up the play as the ball is being snapped to try to take that yep. away from the defense. And that is critical. It, I love that. the point you brought up, that having these high IQ players, these veterans who have played in systems that demanded more of them, um, I think you're right. I think they're bringing in these smarter guys, these veteran guys, uh, and not just simply going for the athleticism. Not to say that the athleticism doesn't matter. Obviously, you don't you don't want a slow safety out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but having those guys that know their their responsibility, they know where they're supposed to be on the field. Um, they know uh, what their the assignments of their teammates are, so they can see if a blown coverage is on the way. Um, that is critical. And, and I think this is where Dean Pease is going to demand more. And it's probably why some of these young guys are not yet sort of cracking into the quote unquote starting lineup. A lot of football left to go before we get to the first regular season game. So let's see how it plays out. Um, but your point is, uh, I think, an excellent one and one that is probably easy to forget about because, you know, five years, six years of Dan Quinn, 
uh, five years. Uh, yeah, it gets heard, ingrained in your brain, doesn't it? Yeah, the the, the whole importance of, of athleticism. Yeah, um, and well, and not I, and not only that too, but as far as the archetypes go for the position, you know, it, I think it's ingrained in a lot of fans and and us as analysts' minds too. The mm-hmm. you know what what's expected of a free safety, what's expected of a strong safety. Those those terms, I think, you got to throw them out the window, and it's it's almost. Yeah. The safety position now under Dean Pease is interchangeable. And, mm-hmm. and you brought up the point about uh, looking for safeties that uh, you demand more from. And, you know, with Richie Grant, the versatility is the first thing that comes to mind. And what he did at UCF, yep. a lot was demanded of him. He played, you know, that single high role. He played, you know, over the top as a free safety, but then he also played in the slot and down towards the box. So that's the type of safety that now is going to be prioritized as long as Dean Pease is in the building uh, is yeah. guys like that, that, you know, even I'd say Eric Harris and Daron Harmon, they don't necessarily fall into one or the other. I think they can do both. You certainly don't want Eric Harris being a single high safety. You'd rather see Daron Harmon if, if they're going to play that uh, concept rather him there, but both those guys, I think you're going to see all over the place while they're on the field. And, and that's, you know, the beauty of Dean Pease is, is him disguising coverages and, and moving guys all over the place. And, and yeah, I think that's very important as far as, again, the type of safety now is completely different than the type of safety in a Dan Quinn defense. Yep. A hundred percent. So we've talked about the veterans. We've touched on the young guys, but I want to focus on them uh, next. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Matt Groley of the Talking Birdie Podcast. And we are going over the safeties for the Falcons as it stands right now. Uh, before we head into the season, things can always change uh, in the month that we have left before the regular season kicks off. Uh, we've talked about the veterans. I want to talk about the young guys. And it, you mentioned him in, in the first half. And I, I know all of our fans, all the listeners want to know, is Richie Grant going to see the field in 2021? Like he's a second round pick. I think people will have somewhat – you know, lofty expectations for him. Um, but as we mentioned in the first half, this Dean P's defense is going to demand a lot of these guys. And, uh, and to be blunt, you know, that is going to be a big, big ask for a rookie. Um, and this is something where uh, I think right now, Richie Grant is probably tracking where he needs to. 
which is to say his head is probably swimming. Uh, <laughs> and it's unlikely that he is going to just leapfrog, you know, a bunch of veterans who have uh, experience on day one. That's not to say that he can't get there eventually. I, I think he will. Um, but what's your take on Richie Grant? And, and I know we talked about this as well, but um, you know, do you think that uh, it is ultimately his role to grab, but he's just going to need a little bit more time? Yeah, I think long term, you know, he's the number one safety in Atlanta. But I'm, for me personally, I'm willing to practice patience on this because I, I think uh, you said it perfectly. His head is probably definitely swimming. I mean, this <laughs> this isn't an easy defense to pick up. You know, we talked earlier in the show. You know, Dan Quinn's defense was very simplistic, easier to pick up. Dean Pease, I don't think not so much. So bringing him along slowly where, where they have him on the depth chart right now is, is probably accurate. I'd say, I mean, based on the practice reports uh, he had been starting with the third team and, and, you know, now mixing him his way into the second team, especially with the injury to Sheffield, you know, TJ green has now played some cornerback. So that's given him an opportunity to play alongside Jalen Hawkins. You know, the expectation I think should have been all along. Eric Harris, Deron Harmon are going to start. They're the placeholders. Yeah. And it all comes down to, you know, how quickly, you know, Grant picks up his responsibilities. Uh, you know, in his media session uh, recently, Grant said he's starting to pick that up. And, you know, he's been working with Harmon and Harris in the dorm rooms, you know, after hours trying, trying to pick up the defense. So I think fans just need to have some patience here. Again, I know early picks, you, you you want to throw them out on the field right away, but that's not always the best thing for them. Exactly. And right now, you know, the veterans are there. Uh, they know what's expected of them. Uh, and, and that's why it's good to have them there because there is, there is no rush to bring him along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I'm, you know, as, as I said, you know, when we, when you were on the talking birdie podcast this week, I, I do think Richie Grant, Deron Harmon and Eric Harris are going to make up, the core three safety lineup. And then uh, on the flip side, cornerbacks, you know, you're going to have Terrell uh, Moreau and Oliver. That That's going to be the core six DBs. I, I do think Grant's going to mix in and, you know, in a best case ideal scenario, you have a platoon. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're going to go big nickel. Uh, sometimes you're not. And, you know, when, when they don't go big nickel, I, I think later in the season, maybe you can expect Grant to be alongside Harmon or Grant to be alongside Harris uh, you know, because of his versatility, I think he can play both positions. It, it does appear, though, that right now he's playing closer to the line of scrimmage, playing in that nickel role based on the latest practice reports. And Jalen Hawkins has actually been the backup, you know, deeper safety yeah. on the field. So that's kind of interesting, something to watch. But again, I, I think that's the beauty of this group is they're all versatile and they all can play, you know, the the, the multiple spots that, that Dean Pease wants to uh, you know, utilizes safeties in. Yeah. And I think what you just pointed out, uh, we're probably going to get tired of this word <laughs> as we get into the Arthur Smith era in full force. But the, the idea of versatile uh, is going to be critical, not just on the defensive side. Obviously, he talked a lot about the need for that on the offensive side, in particular, the offensive line. It makes a ton of sense. But I think in particular with these safeties, that's going to hold up. Uh, like you said, the old adage of free safety versus strong safety, you know, the guy, the center fielder versus the guy at the line of scrimmage. um, That really is an antiquated way of looking at safeties now, especially with what Pease has done. Um, 
Dean Pease is going to use these guys as well to go after the the passer. You're going to see him using these corners and these safeties. You're going to see instances where Richie Grant will be at line of scrimmage and he's going to go after the quarterback and you'll see someone like Deion Jones drop back uh, into that intermediate coverage uh, to, to fill that spot. That is how Pease operates. He, he does not want that offense to know where the extra rusher is coming from or where that fourth rusher is coming from. Um, so all of these safeties, uh, Eric Harris, John Harmon, Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins, at some point or another during the season, you're going to see them going after the quarterback. Um, and again, that also means that for the other guys on the field, they have to know where their assignments are and they have to be capable of helping to fill those assignments. So that means if you've got a quote unquote box safety, you can't be limited to just keeping him at the line of scrimmage. If you're going to send your quote unquote free safety to go after the quarterback, he's going to have to be someone that you can count on at least marginally to be, uh, you know, responsible for coverage and helping a corner out, you know, helping out over the top. So uh, these, these positions now are incredibly fluid. Um, And I think that, you know, you, you noted Richie Grant is currently behind Eric Harris. Um, we could very much see that flip up between now and the second preseason game. Um, I, I think that's the important thing to remember here is that they're going to probably move these guys around and see how they handle each of the responsibilities because I, I don't think we're going to have a traditional, um, you know, single responsibility player on the defense, except for maybe like Grady Jarrett, who's just kind of just, you tell Grady, kind of like the Hulk from the Avengers, you say, uh, <laughs> uh, Grady, go smash. Um, <laughs> that's, that's basically Grady. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm still bullish on Grant, even though, even if he's, you know, not turning into the day one starter, I think that everyone thought he would be. As you said, I think this is one of the positions for this kind of defense where we have to be patient. Um, well, and, and the thing, and the thing with that too, just one more point to add. I mean, yep. I think we're starting to see stylistically what type of coach Arthur Smith is each day, and and you see the depth chart come out. You know, the quote unquote official depth chart. And my first takeaway is, look at where all the rookies are. This is this is a group, a coaching staff that you know is not just going to hand uh, draft picks starting spots. They're going to earn it. Uh, whether, you know, where they're at on the depth chart is accurate or not. I mean, Kyle Pitts is the obvious example, him with the second team. That's, that's foolish to think that that's true, <laughs> but you know, other than like audio Gandesi, again, not to get too far off the safeties, but just to throw him out as an example, he's been running with the first team and he's at the fourth string, fourth string you know, right. outside linebacker. Again, maybe that's not accurate, but again, they, he's doing this for a purpose and, I think in the long run, uh, they're going to be that much better off, but they're definitely going to lean on the veterans because they do want to win right now. I mean, whether people believe that or not, they, they want to win right now. They want to build up some goodwill with Arthur Blank and, and, and stack those W's because again, NFL stands for not for long job security yep. is, isn't promised to any of these coaches, no matter what they did in their previous stops. So you know, with Richie Grant, again, it's a long, it's a long-term picture as well. And they even note it yeah. as far as their plan. Like they want to win now, but it's also about the future. And Richie Grant is a big part of their future. So if he's not mixing in there right away, all, all I can say to those listening is just, have, you know, be patient, trust the process. Richie will be a factor. Uh, his college tape pretty much said it. He's a very, he's a very, very good player. 
uh, what he did in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, the versatility he showed there to even play mm-hmm. some corner. I mean, this guy's going to get on the field. Uh, it's just a matter of when. And again, this isn't an easy system to just pick right up. So nope. um, I, I do I do anticipate though at the end of the year, y- you know, the, the snaps are going to be split where, you know, if it's not even, you know, maybe Richie Grant's edging them out. But I, I do think, you know, the ideal year end plan is is to have a true platoon of Richie Grant, Deron Harmon, Eric Harris, and, and who knows, maybe Jalen Hawkins supplants one of those veterans. And, and you have the best veteran out there, and then you have Hawkins and Grant. Uh, that's yeah. probably the true be- best case scenario. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned Hawkins. He's sort of the odd man out with uh, the rookies from last year that you know came into the league. You know, we've talked about Matt Hennessy and you know him being a rookie last year, and uh, you know, sort of being a functional rookie this year with the the crazy offseason those guys had. Uh, AJ Terrell and the remarkable season he had. Michael Walker uh, really having a, a, a decent rookie year given the the challenges of not having a training camp or preseason. Jalen Hawkins kind of gets forgotten in the mix of all this. Um, he was the only safety left after the three guys, you know, uh, left in free agency or were cut. And yet uh, we're hearing reports from camp that he's actually holding up pretty well and looking good out there. Um, fourth round pick from last year uh, out of California. And uh, he's a guy that I think, you know, we need to pay attention to as well. They have him. Uh, to your point about the depth chart, they have him with the second team uh, along with TJ Green. And again, I, I don't want to put too much weight on the depth chart. We all know that can change, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that a lot. Um, but I, I do think Hawkins also has a role on this team. What do you think about Hawkins and what he can offer uh, within this Dean P's defense? Yeah, you know, he flashed a little bit. He's, he's certainly the forgotten man. Uh, there's no question about that in that 2020 class. A guy that when drafted, you know, I was like, who? Uh, he, yeah. he definitely wasn't on my <laughs> radar and, and certainly not on most, you know, draft pundits' radars that early in the draft. But Falcons certainly saw something in him, uh, did, did show a, a good amount of ball production at Cal. And, at the front door. Oh, someone's at the front door. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> and, you know, to the point earlier, as far as, you know, I think he's – uh, a better fit in this defense because of his experience kind of playing, you know, both closer to the line of scrimmage and, and up top. And, you know, he, he had quite a bit of ball production over the top. And, you know, that one play uh, I know that got, uh, you know, pushed out there on, on social media against Stanford where he made uh, a ridiculous one-handed grab, mm-hmm. you know, falling backwards. So he has that ability of being comfortable on the back end. And, and again, that's, you know, we talked about it all throughout the show. That's what Dean Pease looks for is that versatility to play both spots. Whereas Dan Quinn didn't prioritize that. So, you know, in this defense, I, I think there's a future for him. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so far, again, it's just practice. Uh, uh, you know, there's, there's no tackling. So that'll be important because again, uh, you know, a, a, as a safety uh, tackling is of the utmost importance, especially if you're that last man, that last line of defense. So um, we'll have to see and there, but um, again, uh, you know, you like the fact too, he's cost controlled. I think that that had part of it is why he was yep. one of the three that, that was brought back. He was not a free agent or he did not have a high cap hit. So, you know, why not bring him and see what you got there? And, 
and hopefully, you know, he can carve out a role. If, if nothing more, you know, special teams, he's going to have to, to cut it there as mm-hmm. a depth safety. Uh, so, so see where he's being played on, on special teams when you watch, uh, you know, Friday's preseason game in addition to the other preseason games. Um, but again, he flashed a little bit. I, I remember that Green Bay game where, you know, Casey did tear his Achilles that Monday Night Football game. He, there wasn't many bright spots in that Monday Night Football game, but he, he stood out a little bit. So yeah. yep. again, um, maybe he's doing the same now in the early portion of training camp, and that's that's carrying through, uh, you know, in his rise up the depth chart. So again, certainly an intriguing one to watch. Someone that, you know, I don't think any of us expected to, to do much, but uh, right now, it, you know, if the season were to start tomorrow, Hawkins, I believe, would be the, th- the third safety in, in three safety sets. Yeah, um, which is a great point. Uh, and I think the important thing is we do have the uh, – we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, we do have the preseason game on Friday. And more than likely, we are going to see a lot of Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant uh, over the yep. next several games. So we're going to have uh, you know, some impressions of these uh, young guys and where they are in their development. Uh, I, I think we'll see Eric Harris and Daron Harmon a little bit, but um, I, I think the the coaching staff knows what they have in those guys. So more than likely, we're going to see a lot of the young guys. And I'm going to keep my eye on Hawkins. I want to see what he can do with some extended playing time in the preseason. It's going to be critical since, uh, you know, honestly, he didn't get it last year. Uh, and yeah. you know, as you mentioned, some of his first uh, snaps in the NFL game were in the regular season, which is a hell of a way to throw a young guy into the uh, into the throws of the NFL. Um, all right, so uh, safety group. Um, we all know there's some question marks on this defense. The defensive line uh, is obviously one of the biggest ones. How do you feel right now, Matt, about the safety group as a whole, uh, the quality of the unit, uh, your trust in the unit going into the season? Do you, you feel comfortable? you still feel like it's an area of weakness, or do you feel like there's a lot of potential upside, but it just needs to come through? So as a whole, and if I'm, you know, comparing them to other parts on the defensive depth uh, roster, I'd probably put safety third behind linebacker. I think I trust the most. I, I like, uh, you know, Grady Jarrett obviously carries more than his weight in the interior, but I do like interior defensive line probably second. And then I put safety third. Hmm. Uh, I'd put, you know, cornerbacks fourth which there's a little bit of a gap there. And then I, I put the edge rushers fifth, but again, uh, and a similar answer that I'd have for the edge rushers that I had with the safeties. I, I trust the scheme and the coaching a lot when it comes to these positions. And, you know, what right. I mean by that is, you know, I, I trust Dean Pease to put veterans like Deron Harmon and Eric Harris in, in the right place to have the most success. And again, was, was that a, a flaw of the previous coaching staff, I'd argue probably yes, that mm-hmm. they didn't always use the talent uh, in their best role. And I think, again, in talking about safeties, I think that had a lot to do with Ricardo Allen a bit falling off. I mean, yeah. especially yep. when you have a debilitating injury like an Achilles and you're a safety and you're asked to play that cover one eraser role, that's incredibly tough. Mm-hmm. E- even, you know, again, uh, anyone that suffers that type of injury, that's tough. But for Ricardo Allen, that's not really his fit. And I, I would have liked to seen maybe uh, Ricardo Allen in a scheme like this. Now, again, I think the cap had a lot to do with him. Yes. You know, being cut 
Although I do agree that again, his play, you know, if you're just judging based on the play last year, you know, it, it stands to say that, yeah, I mean, cutting him might've been the right move, but again, in, in a different scheme, who knows? But anyways, so when it comes to evaluating these guys, you know, I trust Dean Pease maybe more than I trust the players themselves that, you know, individually, if that makes sense. So it does, uh, again, I, it's kind of in the middle for me. If I had to give a grade, it's probably in the C plus B minus range for safeties. But again, uh, we talked about it. These are stopgap players that I think, again, you can win with right now, but ideally you want Richie Grant seizing his opportunity and kind of overtaking one of those, spots uh you know sooner rather than later and then again uh they're gonna have to make a decision on another spot next year and you know whether hawkins can seize his spot and maybe it's hawkins and grant and you try to find a third guy uh but you know this whole offseason one of the priorities it seems like based on their uh you know decision making and their moves has been hey we need to retool the safety group kind of start from scratch and and they've done that and they put themselves in a position where, hey, we can be competitive now at safety uh, and hoping some of the young guys we bring in or the young guys that are here um, can kind of, you know, carry the mantle and, and you know, make this unit a, a strength sooner rather than later. So that's kind of where I'm at there. It's kind of a middle of the pack position uh, for the team as a whole. Yeah. And, you know, I trust the defense and the coaching and the scheme um, to kind of, you know, get the most out of them so that they can be a competent unit. And, you know, when, when you look at the league as a whole, they're not one of the worst safety groups, which probably if you ask most people, they'd probably say it's, it's very close to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully they, uh, they defy the odds where the, the predictions exactly. are concerned. Um, one thing I was looking at before we close this out, um, the first several games for the Falcons. Uh, so here are the opponents they're going to be facing. Uh, the Eagles. Uh, the Buccaneers, obviously, great quarterback there. Um, Giants, Washington, the Jets, Dolphins, Panthers. Those are their first several games. Um, obviously, the Buccaneers have a QB position that's you know top tier. Uh, Eagles, I think you know big question marks there on whether Jalen Hurts is the guy or not. The Giants, uh, I guess it depends on if you're a believer in uh, what they have going there. Um, Washington, you know, is they're going the Fitz Magic route. Uh, the Jets have a rookie quarterback. The Dolphins, you know, second year of Tua, can he make that leap? Uh, and then the Panthers with uh, Sam Darnold. There is the potential for this defense to face several, several quarterbacks with question marks around them to start off the, the season. And I bring that up because uh, that could be critical for development where you have these young guys, you know, trying to learn uh, the scheme, trying to learn what Dean Pease wants to do. Well, Outside of the Buccaneers, I think you could argue that their first three or four games, the, the quarterback play uh, is going to be at times subpar and maybe even disastrously bad. Yeah, I mean, it says something when Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably the second best quarterback yes. of that slate. Like that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, uh, and that's not, you know, rookies can always come in and, and uh, have a big surprise. And, uh, you know, Tua is uh, certainly shown in college that he could be successful. Maybe he makes a big leap in year two. Yeah. But that early schedule to me is maybe a prime opportunity for this Falcon secondary to really get their legs under them, build up confidence, um, and figure out what their role is within this scheme. So uh, something else to pay attention to. But 
Uh, in the meantime, Matt, you and I have a preseason game we're going to get to watch tomorrow. We're going to get to see these guys in action. Um, so with all of that said, thank you for joining me again on the podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, DW, for having me. Uh, for those listening, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Carley. Carley spelled K-A-R-O-L-Y. And uh, I'm the, the host of Talking Birdie podcast, uh, podcast uh, part of the Sports Talk ATL platform. We got uh, weekly episodes, usually record Tuesday nights and have that episode out on Wednesday. Although next week we're, we're planning on recording a little bit later in the week because uh, of the joint practices with the Dolphins and the Falcons. We're trying to get a Dolphins insider to come on and, and hopefully break all that action out and you know preview uh, the Dolphins, uh, which is the second preseason game. And you know as DW noted, they're, they're on that slate of first, uh, I believe, six or seven games. Yep. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. So uh, make sure you tune in there and you know tune in with us uh, throughout the season. Like I said, weekly podcast. Hopefully have DW on again uh, and some of the other uh, great staff members from the Falcoholic as we uh, you know embark on another. Falcon season, hopefully, uh, much better than the last three. And, you know, <laughs> very Woo. bullish. Very, yeah, we certainly need it, right? We, we've, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last three, we've, uh, man. So, but with Arthur Smith, I think leading the charge, I, I think it's a breath of fresh air. And I'm certainly bullish. Can't wait to watch his offense. Oh, I'm yeah. I see much of it in the preseason, but certainly, uh, you know, you talking about the play action usage that you saw in that open practice man that's got me excited because that was something that um man uh Dirk Cutter did not do enough of and and Matt Ryan is you know most successful most quarterbacks are most successful when they're getting into play action so I think it's going to be a good season I you know I think people are sleeping a little bit and and I'm hoping uh you know I'm right on that by the end of the year so we'll see I hope so too I'm I'm there with you Uh, a little bit of optimism these days so yeah a lot to look forward to at minimum. Uh, NFL season's back. Um, yes. As for you guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Matt Carolee, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.